Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, this is the Lori and Julia show, or as it might be known today, the pregame show for the Duluth Bulldogs hockey final That's four right. championship game. Or, right. or the, is that the on tonight? Or, or the, the 8 o'clock tonight. It's the Twins home openers. Well, don't Steph- tell people that. They're going to go listen to it now. Yeah. No, they aren't. It's rained out, isn't okay, it? Yeah, is it raining? Out. Yeah, it's rained out. There's no Twins game. So listen to the Lori and Julie yeah. show. Yeah. If they're Jeez, with that us, is a bummer. It's not All really those bars out. opening and then the damn... Oh. Well, is it rained out? It's I don't know. It's not really know. rained out. It's I'm not really rained out. Oh, you know, they said it was supposed to rain all day. I went on a walk this morning. There was no rain. You know, it's just sprinkling here and there every, everywhere. Thank you. Julia, We're not even we interpreting the weather. We didn't Woody. even try, Lori, because in spring opener pass, we would dress the colors. We would do. You would. Yeah, I made you do it a couple times, Lori. Did I? Yeah, you did. I, I do have a uh, baseball handbag. You do have one. You do have one. I remember. So corny. I remember, but also, you know, they're doing well so far. It's yeah. the second week. They, they haven't lost a game that wasn't in extra innings. Mm-hmm. And that's then, that's right. And the extra innings is new this I, I can't remember if it's new this year or not. I don't think it is, but they in the 10 in the ninth inning, I think, or the 10th inning, uh the team starts with a player on second base. It does? Yeah. I didn't that's What is this? T-ball? No, it's <laughs> it's called speeding up the game. Speeding things up a bit. Yeah. It's speeding up the game. And so they've lost two times based on that rule. Okay. But yeah, they've been pretty good. All right, I have a bowling announcement. Yeah, keeping keeping okay. the sports topic keeping going, in the yes. sports theme. So last night was the last night of bowling at uh, the good old uh, Tuttle's in Hopkins, uh-huh. and um, we our 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 roll our our roll off for last place last week when we were just <laughs> one point between ourselves and the second to last. We didn't do so well. We firmly took the bottom place and and you uh, owned it we owned it you are committed you came in last not not even no one was even up against you no one was even close that's nice no one was even close there was a very exciting roll-off for first place so there were two teams having tension what does a roll-off mean you play like three frames or something or no you play three games and best score is the winner of the season well how would this non-bowlingites know yeah yeah that's what it is okay and um um, so for the rest of us that weren't having the pressure of rolling off for first and second place, it's called no tap night, which is nines automatically score as strikes. Oh, what was your score? And so normally, you know, you throw a lot of nines yeah. and you don't get the spare, you don't pick it up. Well, the first game, like I think I had like a, you know, 174 or something like that. Oh my God, that's like huge. But every nine yeah. was a strike. Okay. So you should bowl. 
the second game, I was the queen of getting eights. And <laughs> even though the eights were mostly right down the middle, uh, Petit Moi did not pick any of them up. So I had the shame of rolling a no-tap score Oh. Of one twenty six. Okay, that's really bad. That's really bad. Now, it I felt even bad know just that. Saying I, I know that would be bad. bad. Well, especially because if you get an A, that might leave a split, and those are hard to pick up. Hey, Rocco, everyone else is pulling one seventy five <laughs> and one eighty and I, you know two hundred. You should have me with you. I would have bowled a sixty three. Oh lordy! <laughs> and then I bowled a good, good no tap third game. Okay, so I didn't have to have so much humiliation, but it was the most relaxing night of bowling because it didn't. There was no pressure. No pressure. They didn't even give us a scorecard. Look at that. Now, I will, and I will bug people the beginning of August, but our league is looking for teams. We okay. lost some teams because of, I think, economics. Yeah. You know, how much does it it's cost? $20 a week to bowl oh, three that's games. Like, that's like tennis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's $20 a, a match. And so we know that's what it's going to be next year. Right. So our league, which is a mixed uh, league, so it can be, you know, it's not at all women's or all men's right. league. It's whoever wants to bowl all ages. So if you're interested in bowling on a really fun league on Wednesday nights at seven, call with, and, and you might have a, a local uh, celebrity. Well, like I mean, there's <laughs> there's a lot a of cute local. single guys. It is definitely 80, 85 percent guys on our mixed league. Uh-huh. And uh, because. Julia, I mean, I'm on the scoreboard. I have high handicap game at 227. Our girl, I mean, we have, I'm like going, look at how well we did. Yeah. And then my buddy Joe says, well, there's only about seven women on the whole league. So, yes, you're all winning a little prize. Oh, you do get a prize. Okay, Rocco, do you want to get back into the game? Because I know you did it. Oh, I enjoy the bowling, but I was, you know, I bowled at Memory Lanes, which is about eight blocks from From your house. house. So that was always a nice... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, I bowl is. in Hopkins because that's do. where I bowled way long ago. You're like me. I play tennis in Bloomington. Yeah. You know, we that's, just go where we go. That's where the lanes yep. are. That's where every, the, it's with the bartenders and the waitresses. And the, they, everyone knows Everyone knows my name, Julia. I've been there so long. So anyway, it's uh, Tuttle's. But it was super fun season, even though we only bowled 20 weeks instead of usually we bowl 30. Right. You know. But it was something to do this year. I know you were so excited. It gave us. It gave us. It's something we do every year. Yeah. I mean, like I was telling this buddy of mine. He goes, "This is my one guaranteed night out a week that right. I, you know, and it's on the calendar, right? Something to that. So, All but right. we have like a ten-person team because not everyone wants to commit Go to bowling. Yeah, that much. I love that. Yeah. So, so anyway. that's a good shout out for Tuttles to sign yeah. up for the leagues for next year. And I'll All be right. bugging people in August just because then, you know, the season starts in September. So people have to get their teams together. Right. Anyway. So this was the week that we used the show to recruit to tennis, tennis partners for Julia uh-huh. and bowlers and for Lori's League. I like it. I'll, have to, I'll think of something that I need. Help do, please do. Yeah. Please do it. Because I actually even got somehow um, a woman sent me today who was so lovely and she lives by me and said she thought I needed a walking partner. So I got even that. I mean, people are so kind. Do you need your uh, back wax, Rocco? (laughs) (laughs) Because we know somebody who does the back sack and crack wax. Oh, there you go. (laughs) Naturally, we do. Naturally. (laughs) Oh, and you heard uh, Holly talk about the new Prince song. Um, That song features the word snatch in it, too. It does? We'll we'll hear that later in the show. Okay. Good.
It's, okay. been, it's, it's been a great week. Okay, no, wait a minute. I got to circle all the way back to the beginning of the show when you said, so is it a major hockey tournament that starts tonight? Yeah. I don't understand. It's the four. NCAA championship, and it's the four teams. And three of them are from Minnesota? Correct. So That's at 4 correct. o'clock, it's St. Cloud State versus Minnesota State, formerly known as Mankato State. Right. And then at 8 o'clock, it's UMD, Lori's fave, against University of Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Right. You and know I went there, too. And, and, and the Bulldogs. Yeah. Yeah. I graduated from there, so I, I, went I did my freshman it year. out for I went my freshman years. year. But the Bulldogs are the defending champion. And well, they, they played, I remember this. They played North Dakota State in the couple of weeks ago, the nail-biting Five overtimes to clinch. Okay. Oh, exciting! Very exciting. So yeah, that's at eight o'clock tonight. All right. Listen, we come back. uh, It's our Matt Belanger bringing us the news from uh, Channel Five Eyewitness News. We'll be right back. Hang on a sec. Let me get Matt in here. It's that time of the week. Time for it's Matt Belanger. 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 Is that it? It's Matt Belanger. No. Belanger. Want to try again? It's Matt Belanger. Juliet, that's not even how you pronounce Bazinga. It's, it's Matt, Matt Belanger. Belanger. Don't listen to them. It's Matt Belanger. It's Matt Belanger. Belanger, but Langer. But Langer. But What did you name? call me? But Langer. It's Belanger. Hi, Belanger. Uh, excuse, excuse, hello? Is this the line I call if I need a back wax? Is, that, is this where? <laughs> I'm a back wax and crack, huh? How are I've you? I've never had that done. I wonder if it's painful. I don't know. Yes. For sure. Not maybe not your back as much as the second the crack. <laughs> I just have little tiny little wings on my back. Oh, you're oh. fine. Those are angel wings. You yes. can have uh, the, your your guy shave, shave them. them off. I shave Casey's angel wings. Yeah. Yeah. In the oversharing department today. Oh, okay. Well, hello everyone. <laughs> hello. Uh, Let's uh, let's talk about COVID. I am one shot into my Pfizer series. Yay! Yeah, pretty Julia smooth. Julia and I process. and Rocco were all one shot in. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and you know what? Here, I had a revelation about that. Okay. I feel like, you know, you know, we've all been saying, oh, there's a light at the end of the tunnel coming for like quite some time. Like, yep. we're almost there. We're almost there. I feel like everyone's going to have their own moment where it kind of flips for them and maybe you're not there yet and that's okay but for me it was when I got that shot yesterday I went into work today and I was like singing songs and happy and and I and I can I can see the end and I think that that's an individual moment for people but I think people are starting to have them and that's good yeah I I would agree with you because when Lori and I we did on the same day and we were just like we were like giddy yeah I mean, I think it's a real feeling that comes out of this. Now, at the same time, as uh, and there are just about three million vaccinations happening across the country every single day. So that's a that's a big number. That's Mm -hmm. a big rate. But at the same time, we've been reporting about how case numbers are also going up. And just today, uh, I brought the news about how um, the UK variant is now the majority variant that's being found across the United States now, and the vaccines are, according to health officials, effective against these variants. That's just something that we're, we're mentioning because a lot of people are watching about the variants and what right. happens with it. They do believe the vaccines are, are good against those. But uh, an interesting piece of news, I thought, was when, um, because you have the rising case numbers and, uh, and things, the governor, Tim Walz, was questioned about whether, you know, are we going to see more restrictions again if case numbers keep going back up? And he said, 
No, because although there are more hospitalizations and more intensive care beds being used for COVID patients, it's ticking up again. It's nowhere near where we were at the peak, you know, toward the end of last year. Mm -hmm. So the governor's indicating, no, if we keep masking and social distancing and and getting vaccinated, Mm We're we're going to be we're going to be OK. So the moral of the story here is this is not the time to get complacent. You know, we are so close to the finish line and uh, we all just need to kind of hang on to avoid any kind of a fourth. Yeah, spike. I saw Dr. Fauci and uh, he was on uh, one of the morning shows and he said it's almost a race between getting vaccinated and this surge that seems to want to increase. And Europe is right. having this surge because they haven't been. As successful as getting people vaccinated, now the U.S. Right. we're at 33% of the population. So I really want people who are feeling, they go, oh, it came out too quick and I'm I'm worried or this or that. You know what? I call BS on all of that because we have been getting vaccinated all our of our lives. lives okay? Mm-hmm. We've mm-hmm. Oh, to go to school for some travel that you have to do. The science is there behind this, and we have shut down and had our lives taken away for us. So I don't understand this. Well, we're just going to wait and see. And I'm like, what the hell are you going to wait and see for to get COVID or spread COVID? I mean, to me, I just think it's your patriotic duty to just... Go and get it. Thank you, Julie. Uh, Sugar baker. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I will have a funny little story about that. They, I, mean, I can say that they are taking. They take this so seriously. And I went to Hennepin County Medical Center right downtown in Minneapolis mm-hmm. to get my shot. And the paramedic uh, who who administered mine, uh, you, you know, they're so thorough. And he even started to kind of chuckle a little bit. But you have to fill out a paper, and then they have to ask you all these questions again. They are mm-hmm. so diligent about screening for allergic reactions. And <laughs> it's funny because the serious of questioning doesn't change for genders and so the man had to ask me if i was pregnant or breastfeeding <laughs> and you replied <laughs> not that and i'm aware I like, no not no not right now i am working out though you know <laughs> <laughs> these are pecs not yeah. breasts <laughs> but it was funny but it spoke to the diligence you know that they've they've applied these people are taking this these healthcare workers are working so hard for us yeah, yeah. we had, a, we had i had happen. an er doctor who took an, had taken a day off, administer mine, and he was yeah. so excited. He was just so excited to be part of the process because it's that much closer. Mm-hmm. I want to remind people because people have been having success on Twitter at MSP Vaccine Watch, uh, MS, at MSP Vaccine Watch. I mean, every hour, if you follow this, you know, vaccine appointments were available to Hy-Vee and Maple Grove. Then they tell you 30 minutes later that they're full. I mean, but it is just Mm -hmm. a way, but a lot of people aren't on Twitter. So do we remember the um, Facebook one or the Facebook group? Vaccine Finder, I think. Vaccine Finder. And I've had success with that Mm vaccinespotter.org website. Okay, Um, vaccinespotter.org. Okay. Yeah, and that's one where you pick on your state and you can actually... Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts.
I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. If you want, filter by the type of vaccine you want. But I didn't yeah. care. I just I wanted whatever sure. shot I could get. So sure. it's good for me. Well, uh, the other big news item that a lot of people are probably wondering about is where are we in this trial? This was the homework assignment that Lori gave me today. Yes. And uh, I did some research and uh, I talked to the, the, the great minds of our newsroom. And the answer to that question really is we don't, you know, it's hard to know exactly, of course. So the, the but here's our educated guess. The prosecution, yeah, so the prosecution is winding down. Okay. You know, uh, and, and so I think it's safe to say that we are slightly less than halfway through the trial. I will give you this thought for a little bit of perspective. The prosecution's getting, that's the state, of course, is getting a little bit of uh, criticism out there about having repeat testimony. You know, they're having mm. this, they had so many MPD officers and so many members of the community coming up and they're basically testifying to the same facts over and over. You know, in the court size, once it's established, you kind of move on and save time. And so they're getting a little bit of criticism about that and the way that they've built the case. But that said, the prosecution is starting to wind down at this point, and so then it'll go to the defense. And historically speaking, again, we have no idea how this will unfold because it could go the other way, but historically, the defense takes less time because the burden of proof is on the state yeah. to, to prove the case. So the defense is often shorter, uh, so factor that in, and then you have closing statements, which can be lengthy in a high-profile case like yeah. this. And then, of course, jury deliberations. It's anyone's guess how long that's okay. going to take. But well, they, they said four weeks, and what are we coming out the almost wrapping up two, two weeks? Right? You know, opening weeks. statement started. You know, I heard uh, that criticism. Um, somebody, I think it was somebody, was weighing in a legal pundit on um, CNN, and um, I, you know, my thought on that is we've had. So many times where somebody, a black guy or a woman, have been killed, clearly should have, there should have been charges, yep. something should have been found, and they're not. So they just want to mm-hmm. make sure. They're crossing their T's and dotting cr- cr- their I's. Absolutely. Yep. To, to make sure crystal clear that people, they completely understand. And if they have to go overboard to make that point, because George right. Floyd was a black man, do it. You know, and but this I one think that's person, the other side of the coin, obviously, yeah. from that criticism would be that, well, OK, but, we, you know, we're going to be as thorough as we feel we need to be to make our case to our satisfaction. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, and to and to believe that they've done everything they could to try to put the jury in the right mindset to make an informed decision. Yeah, in this, this case. So, this, so I, yeah, I see what you're saying as well, of course. Yeah. And the, the, the legal pundit was like, well, you risk alienating the jury if you keep giving them the same information over and over and i just thought i, I don't, don't know. see how that alienates maybe i don't either i see how it it, it maybe, seals the deal more or maybe the redes maybe alienate means bore maybe well, in a different way maybe. wait a minute i think i know maybe where some of this started well and because remember jurors aren't 
robots. They're right, people too. Right, and, right. and and I think somebody did the court reporter who was in the room, I think it may have been yesterday, perhaps it was the day before, but I'm pretty sure it was yesterday, noticed toward the end of the day, and these are long, hard days in court. Yeah. Yes. But uh, they did notice one of the jurors kind of nodding off. Well, I get that. And so mm-hmm. and so I, I think that's where this conversation okay. really started. You don't want to you, you keep repeating because you're gonna lose people, maybe Got is it. the argument. There. Got it. Well, no. we're, you're not losing us. No. We're still here. No, and I better, yeah, I need you, lady, really. <laughs> you're the whole reason I, I'm gainfully employed, and now that I have this mortgage, I just went to the bank and got the cashier's check, the gigantic cashier's check for my closing costs and everything, and, like, you know, I'm like, I feel like Whoopi Goldberg in, the, in Ghost, you know, when I'm in the bank and I don't want to let go of it. Right. You know? when, when do exciting. you close, Matt? We close next week, so uh, everything's buttoned up, though, and, like, all the numbers are finalized, and so I won't be here next Thursday because I'll be in the middle of my closing oh, during the show. That's a happy well, place to be. When we're fully vaccinated, yeah. maybe we can come over and um, toast your new home. Yes, and I even bought a little ink thing for Fisher to put a paw print on a piece of paper at the closing, and he's coming to the closing. So. Oh, the puppy. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, his little, his little cor- corgi. That's so yep. cute. Oh, Matt, thanks. You can watch Matt on Channel 5 News, um, where we hope all of you are getting your news. Thanks a lot. When we come back, we've got a brand new hot seller. Uh, we're going to tell you all about it. Thursday. It is another edition of the Lori and Julia Book Club, and we love our thrillers, and we have a just an unbelievable suspense novel. The authors join us, Kate Quinn, and the book is called Black Widows. Hi, Kate. Hi, Kate. Hi. We loved your book and could not put it down, and we do love to read a lot of books, and thrillers are our favorite, but this book is just OMG. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. I put a giant smile on my face hearing that. That's so great to hear. Okay. (laughs) Give Give people the setup of Black Widows. Okay. So um, the book is about a polygamous marriage, a polygamous Latter-day Saint marriage with three wives, one husband. Uh, the, The family chooses to live out in the desert in Utah. And one day the husband is found brutally murdered, mutilated, body, uh, wedding ring finger hacked off, and only one of the wives could have committed the crime. So the rest of the book, we hear their accounts of their, their marriage and, and what led up to that that eventuality. Now, I mean, Kate, it's, this is because like we got totally sucked into the Real Housewives of Salt, Salt Lake, Lake City. City. I don't know, there's <laughs> something fascinating about the Mormon, Mormon and just all of the stuff that goes along with that. Was there anything, was that a specific thing that you want, like that this you got this idea to make it be about this polygamous Polygamous marriage wives. I'm sure. Sorry. I misunderstood the question. Yeah, I have um, uh, fundamental Christianity in my family and, and Mormons too. We say Mormons in the UK. So I hope that's not offensive Mm -hmm. because I understand Latter-day Saint is the, um, is the preferred term. Okay. That was kind of always bubbling along in the background, but there was always a bit of drama on that side of the family. I noticed that always seemed to be something coming from that, that area. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I, the, the, the thing that really sort of, keys it off was I saw a, a documentary um, to do with polygamy which I found really interesting and there was fo- a lot of focus on the sister wives, their relationship with one another and um, one of the wives at one point just had this flash of like micro expression of like kind of rage talking about one of her fellow sister wives and I just, the idea came from that really, I just thought wow, that, all, that, all that emotion you know, in that, in that marriage. 
did you now when you're writing the book, did you have an affinity like one of the sister wives over the others or was one I, easier to write about? Yeah, it's interesting. I, I've been asked this a lot. I, I think I really enjoyed writing all of them. And I think to an extent they are probably particularly Rachel, who's a very obedient um Docile sort of wife, and Tina, who is kind of the wild, um, she's from Vegas, she's had a past. Um, those are probably kind of facets of my personality um, a, a little bit, I think, maybe more than I'd like to admit. <laughs> and then there's Emily, who is kind of very teenage. She's not a teenager, but she's, she's quite immature. She's been quite sheltered. Um, probably less, less of my personality, but I really enjoyed just how they played off with one another, how your average person could probably like equally one of those women in isolation, but because of their certain character traits, they really did not get along well with one another at, at the beginning. But mm-hmm. of course that, that changes. And and the three wives are so brilliantly how you write and the voice that they speak in, you know, there, you can really, you feel for each of them yes. in a completely different way. And I, I'm sorry, I guessed, Right up until the end, did not see anything, any of it you coming. You didn't guess. Did not. No. So, Kate, congratulations on that. Thank you. <laughs> you, you know, because that it's, is like sometimes you think, oh, I wonder if I have this right. And you really don't. And I also, um, you know, uh, really appreciate it. I mean, like I could see the desert, uh, you know, Salt Lake City, the way you describe the church. I mean, it's a very, very vivid, vividly written. So, of course, I always think that a book like this should be a, a, a TV, TV series mm-hmm. or a movie. But I almost feel like this needs eight episodes, like a big little eyes situation. <laughs> it has been optioned um, for, for film and TV, and it is currently being um I think it's being pitched currently for, for a TV series. So, so you never know, but these things take quite a bit of time. So I always kind of give it a lot of, lot of space to oh, okay. <laughs> see what happens. That is so cool. All right, so here, help us out with this because, it you know, we're reading it's your debut novel, but we know you've written under another name. Historical. Historical. And you wrote mm-hmm. this under your name, Kate Quinn. Is this Is this your debut novel under, you know, a Kate thriller? Quinn? Yeah, I mean, the historical novels were written under C.S. Quinn, and they were also thrillers, but obviously primarily historical, right? Um, so, so, yeah, but actually, funnily enough, even this isn't quite my real name, because my name, Catherine, was too long for the cover. Right. <laughs> so it's been shortened to, to Kate. Um, so it's kind of another pseudonym in a, in a weird way. Uh, I see your books now, and I recognize you, C.S. Quinn, The Scarlet Cold, yes. The Bastille Spy. Yes, we recognize your books. How have we not we, had you on before? Oh, well, well I'm, I'm pleased you recognize them. Those books were so much fun to write. They were a kind of adventure, French Revolution adventure, and I, I really enjoyed them. But but I have to say, in a, you know, in a completely different way, bringing that kind of historical research background to a modern day Mm -hmm. um, thriller was kind of felt like training at altitude. You know, it was like, Oh my God, I can look this up on YouTube. You know, it was a complete, like it was, it was so much fun to to research and have all that material, you know, to actually be able to ring up a real human being who was still alive and and ask them about their experiences or, um, you know, to, to um, look these things up online, as I said, it was, yeah, it was, it was a real thrill. 
Well, you, you've knocked this one out of the park, and I absolutely love it that it's already been optioned. You know, that is so much fun. And Lori brought up at the beginning. And when you're we, Kate Quinn with a C, C, because we also know Kate, Kate Quinn, Quinn with a K, who writes historical fiction. We just huh. read The Rose Code, for example. And the, yeah, and she's amazing. And you know what? We didn't make that connection until actually after oh, <laughs> the book okay. was published. And then was like, oh, no, why did we? We probably would have gone with it as slightly, maybe kept the Catherine and just altered the cover, perhaps, I think. Right. Um, I think it's good because the other Kate Quinn is a phenomenal writer like you. Is. And if people get you mixed up and read all your books, that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Did you by any chance watch The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City? Um, I probably would have watched a couple of episodes in, in the early days of research. Yeah, I, I tried to just basically kind of burn through absolutely anything I could get my hands on to do with that area and also to do with, you know, any documentaries, anything to do with um, Latter-day Saints. So most media, I, I think yeah. I've probably got to. Well, I mean, the big show that got, was uh, Big Love. Yes. You know, that was on like HBO. HBO. That was quite, you know, several year, years ago now, but that was... The, you know, the first television show that we sort of had where they were showing the modern, uh, you know, family right. polygamous. It's such a fun yeah, word yeah. to say. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, I'm a polygamist. If you're just joining us, we're talking with Kate Quinn. Kate with a C. The new book is Black Widows. It is a page-turner thriller. It's, it's so, so good. good. It's so fun to talk to you. Your accent is absolutely delightful. Yeah, okay. And Thank Kate, you. Kate, Thank you. It says you're a travel and lifestyle journalist for The Times, The Guardian, and The Mirror, and many magazines. We always have to ask anyone who's British, who's on our show, for your hot take on Harry and Meghan and just know we are team Harry and Meghan <laughs> through and through. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Ask me because I am British. And, and I'm like, I, I rep- also represent team um, ha- Harry and Meghan. And I'm quite surprised that anyone could not represent team Harry and Meghan. But I have to say, like, at least 50% of the newspapers here, when you when you read the headlines, they're like, trying to come up with these ways to make Megan sound bad. It's, it's really, it's really distasteful. You know, it's like, come on, guys, like, it <laughs> is. leave her alone. And we've <laughs> always, you know, we just, we know a little bit. I mean, we're, we've always wondered why, like, William and Charles just didn't, like, say to Harry, yep, you're right, we should change this whole Royal Rhoda system that they have with the British press. Because that, yeah. to me, seems to be the real problem because it's like it's a i mean there there you have prince andrew he's sitting right there i mean that's the guy that people ought to be like turning the headlights on and making up uh stuff i know right and that story is just kind of just sort of dropped away and then you have this sweet lovely girl it's just somehow people are just trying to take pot shots but it is 50 50 you know and i think i would like to think that most of the british public can obviously see Mm -hmm. i mean yeah i've never met megan yeah (laughs) um but she just seems lovely and i don't really see how anyone can you know be trying to make out that there's anything bad about that other than she's a human being trying to have a family with her husband yeah you know in, in as normal a way as she can I know. And I just, you know, really, we, Queen Elizabeth, probably she's being advised by like some men in gray suits who don't have the best interest because Megan looks like half the Commonwealth, a biracial woman. Right. 
I know, right? And I think she made that point in the interview, didn't she? The yeah, interview. She did. And it was like, it, this is so true. Look, there, there are so many girls growing up who should look at the monarchy and say, that girl looks like me. You Not know, that girl no got ran out of the palace, and, but she saved the prince. Think of it that way. Yeah, well, that, and that, you know, I think that's true. I think that's true because it seems like a really unhealthy, mad setup, particularly after that interview really shone light on that, right? That right. It's just like, that is insane to live like that. Yeah, um, between, between so, that and season four of The Crown. Yeah, yeah, I've watched all The Crown too. I, uh, it's, um, I mean, you're right because now at least, and, and everyone has a soft spot for Harry, right? Particularly mm-hmm. after everything he's been through. Right. It's like, yeah, it's good. You, you, you get out of there, Harry. Yeah, you right. yeah, no kidding. All right, so so Kate, we have to ask you before we have to let you go. Um, sure. What is the last great book that you've read? Oh, you know, I've read so many good books recently. It's hard to. So the one I'm going to pick because there's a couple. I really enjoyed the Sanatorium, which I think is big um, in the in the states at the moment. Um, but I, I'm, I really enjoyed a book called Shiver by Ali Denton, which I think is also a, a big deal, which is like a snowboarding. Um, type almost Agatha Christie-ish um, they're both similar actually Sanatorium also is an alpine um, so I enjoyed both those books but I'm going to go for the Ali Denton Shiver because that was just phenomenal okay Shiver okay we got to get on that one. Oh yeah, my we gosh do. well it's just a treat Kate, Kate writing this, Kate Quinn with the C just wonderful to talk <laughs> to you thank you so so much you can pick up Black thank Widows you so at your local bookstore mm-hmm. thanks Kate Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. We've got two copies to give away. Give us a buzz at 651-641-1071. And we will be right back with... Clever. We'll be back. Oh, it's everybody's most exciting time of the day, the YouTube radio portion of the Lori and Julia show. But I'm holding up the book from our book club, the Lil J Book Club, Black Widows. Yeah, you've got to clean your camera. Really? Yeah, Black Widows. Isn't that funny, Lori? You look blurry to me. It's everyone's favorite time of the day, the day that we're we're <laughs> shooting for the camera and we're talking for the radio. And but wouldn't it be, be easy if they're both going to the same This place? Black Widows is going to be an amazing miniseries a la Big Little Eyes. Fantastic. Because you got three wives, three different types. Totally different set types. Set in the desert. Yep. You know, I'm sure there's some place in Canada that can replicate Utah. No kidding, Lori. Yeah. Isn't that the truth? Okay, so Chloe Bodygate continues because Chloe, I'll show you back it Let's up. Let's back it up because okay. a couple days ago, a photo was released of an untouched Chloe Kardashian. Unfiltered, unedited, not photoshopped, you know, that- not basically not plastic. Plasticized. Right. Uh, a picture like us was released. Like everybody. And if I had that body, I would just be like, woo! Okay, and it was grandma. It was MJ, Chris Jenner's mom, who posted it. On like Facebook or something. Something. Or, and, and, then, and then people screen grabbed it. Right. And because, because when we see Khloe Kardashian, when she edits herself, she's a facial chameleon. Her nose looks like Michael Jackson. Her lips are gigantic. Sometimes she looks like Megan Fox. Sometimes she looks like Kim Kardashian. Yeah, it's... Sometimes it, she looks like... So we, like, people were going crazy because it was like, oh my gosh, let's see what she really looks like. Because even on Keeping Up With The Kardashians, with whatever lighting, she's always pretty much in full glam. Mm-hmm. So anyway, the picture, I'm going to show it. Okay. And um, it's taken at Chris Jenner's... Um, 
you know, the home she has in Palm Springs. Right. And it's just Chloe just saying hi with her phone. And she looks like Chloe. Her face looks like Chloe. Your camera looks blurry, too. If Rocco, if right. I don't know if they're working. We, who can tell? Who can say, Lori? Can say, but anyway, anyway, Lori's got it up. Lori, you just look like a blob. This is hysterical. I wonder if anyone's watched our YouTube videos. Anyway, she, but then, so she then, she couldn't get it taken down. It had spread too far. People were in awe over the fact that we were seeing an unfiltered, uh, non-edited, and it was like, well, how refreshing is that? Yeah, her skin didn't look like it was just gold-touched and shiny and dewy. She looked like a normal human being. Yes. So several. So Chloe did this Instagram. She decided to address this dramatic situation because she the, couldn't get it down. Yeah, from the safety and comfort of Instagram Live mm-hmm. because she couldn't get Oprah in her backyard mm-hmm. to do an interview do about about you know the horror of having an unedited picture out there. And anyway, she acknowledges. She says she thinks that this photo is beautiful. Okay. But she said it was taken in bad lighting, otherwise known as daylight. Sunlight. <laughs> Sunlight and daylight. Say. Okay, that's mm-hmm. bad lighting now, people. Mm-hmm. And that it wasn't flattering because, oh, oops, look at that. You can see that she has thighs and her stomach isn't a 12-pack or 6-pack or whatever she edits it. They really edit themselves to have a Barbie visage of plastic smoothness. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. So anyway, so she said it was... You know, taking in bad lighting, sunlight, mm-hmm. and it wasn't flattering because it was too real. And she also believes that because it's a picture she doesn't like, she has the right to demand it to be taken down. I wish we would have thought of oh, that. We have a million gosh. bad pictures. There's, there are the most horrific photos and, of us out there. And basically she writes that the reason why she is so protective about what people uh, say about her is that she has had... She's had major body issues over the years. Thank you, uh, Kim and Courtney, because anyone who's watched that show, they have all been the ones to always slam her that she's the big one. And well, this she's and a that. foot taller than them, basically. But anyway, she doesn't say any of that. Yeah. She just says, like, it's just in general. Well, it's coming from within the family, her issues with her, what she looks like. And she said, and, and you know, she went on, the, the pressure, the constant ridicule, of my life, you know, I'm very insecure. And then when her sisters went and posted on it, you'd think they'd say, Chloe, I'm really sorry that I was such an ASS to you all these years. Sure. Oh, they're just writing, you're so beautiful, queen, and you're just beautiful the way you are. Not one of them apologized for being part of the family dynamics of her feeling that a photo in sunlight... Is unflattering because it's a real life picture of her. All right. So I'm just going to speak as a gal who was maybe the heaviest in my family growing up. And it's it's years and years and years of being told because this is where I identify with her. I think the whole thing is she should have just left it alone. You know, but she put so many body pictures out there about herself anyway. She would. She should have left it alone. Julia, she did her Instagram live live in a the the lights were off, the editing was on. So while she's trying to be truthful to us, she's also giving us another airbrushed, right, unrealistic version. I mean, she's just talking. She's kind of perpetuating it. But I but I can relate to the fact that 
if you grew up in a family and you're not the skinniest, the shortest, the smallest, the fastest, the this is, you do hear about it. Go to therapy, exactly. Aunt Chloe. Well, uh, exactly. Because she's saying these beauty standards are unbearable, but yet she's perpetuating it. She has done it a thousand percent in all of her photos where she is so smooth and polished and everything that oh, she this, puts out there. This photo is too ugly of me. She looks that beautiful. my grandma took of me in the sunlight yeah. with oh gosh, wow, there's a real belly and oh my gosh a thigh you know who's heard of that Chloe, if kim could go to get over the when we all saw the lumpy butt yeah from the fat injections <laughs> and now we never see that thing without the polishing that's done on the back of or the front of a ken doll you know the can, shiny mound boy can you imagine everything is being, unedited no i know there's something very sad about the fact that she has to go in to her bathroom and then do the filters and yeah, kind of cry and whine about that. And it's just unbearable and it's so hard. She you should guys. have left it be. And then she goes and I, know. It, I don't know. It, it it just. It's her brand. I mean, her brand has been. I mean, they basically. But it her about getting annoyed at everybody else when she's part of the annoying standards of filters. I mean, no wonder she's able to go out incognito to different places. Uh, because we don't really, maybe this part of her plan, she doesn't look like those. She doesn't. I mean, Mm -hmm. I was glad to see that she still had her real nose. I was too, Lori, when we saw that picture. Or I mean, her second nose. I mean, you know, she's had all of those gals have had a nose job, I guess. But, um, yeah, that she doesn't look as bad as she sometimes makes her filtered face look. Yeah. Uh, All right. She's just never going to love herself if she can't go without filters in every single photos. It's a real, it's going to be a real long picture taking life. How old is she? She's like 36. Oh, gosh. I mean, all of that that you're presenting and posting is a lie. And you're saying that, you know, all these unrealistic things have made you insecure. Well, what are you doing with your thing? Why don't you be the one who changes that? Right. Well, we've seen you know? this with so many other people, even just this week. Katie Couric posted a no makeup thing. So-and-so posted a no makeup thing. A lot of people are posting, this is who I really am. This is what I really look like. Yeah. And, well, for the Kardashians, they continue. I think the only one who doesn't is the oldest one, um, Courtney. I mean, she seems the most real, like, out of all of them. And, and she, listen, nothing gets out of the Kardashian coven without the airbrush. Some kind of filtering is always right. going on, but... Especially when they're in swimsuits or pulling their pants down or pulling their top up to give us under boobs, something like that. I mean, I don't, I think it's very sad she's obsessed with the plastic version of herself when she is a perfectly great real life, real life person. Yeah. So anyway, don't be Chloe.